Okay, so everyone's recording? Hope so. Yeah. Fine, <coughs> looks like it's recording, it's going up. Okay, alright, so let's go. Three, two, one. 500 years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks. The Phantom, enemies beware, the Phantom's always there, but you won't find the Phantom. He finds you. G'day everyone, and for those who come in late, you're listening to Expand the Phantom Podcast. My name is Jermaine, and tonight I am joined by Dan and Steve. How are you going, guys? I'm very good, thank you, Jermaine. Uh, good to be with you again tonight, and Steve, you too. Yep, likewise, it's, it's great to be here, and we get to talk Phantom again. It's awesome. Is there anything better to do on a Sunday night? Sleep. Apart from probably maybe getting ready for the, for the work, but... You know, there's no, no football, that's not so... Fair, that's just <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tonight we have something very, very special. Up front, however, <laughs> we must give you a warning that we are going to be majorly, and I'm talking about majorly massive, bigger than Hulk, bigger than Ben-Hur, be giving a lot of spoilers out. So if you have not read The Empty Throne Saga, Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3, press pause Get off your lazy backside and go read it. Then you can come and listen to us again because we're going to be talking everything Empty Throne Saga. Mm. All right, so this is your chance. Okay, and if you're listening to us, <laughs> <laughs> and if you are listening to us, it means uh, you have read uh, part one and part two and part three. So we're going well, to be doing about a, spoilers. Or you don't care about spoilers. Um, <laughs> It's a weird way to engage with the fandom world by listening to the three of us describe fandom comics. <laughs> yes. Without um, actually reading them yourself. <laughs> so tonight is going to be an interesting discussion. We've we've probably um, we've probably already spent probably two podcasts uh, discussing this arc in you know preamble over uh, Facebook Messenger and such, but we're going to do it uh, recording and then we're going to release it. So we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to each give a, a two- to three-minute review from each member of the... not of each part, but of the whole series as one. So we're going to, we're going to go... Dan's going to go first, then Stephen, and then myself. And then what we're going to do is then we're going to be going over details of our review, but also other stuff that we couldn't quite fit in the review, and it's just going to be a free-for-all. So it could be interesting. It could be interesting. You know, obviously, we've got the different sides. Uh, we've got the modernists, uh, the, the fence-sitters in Stephen, and, of course, the forkisms in uh, the forkus in um, Dan. So it could be an interesting podcast. So are you Mediator, ready, I think, I think, is the official title there, mate. The which one? Mediator. The mediator, no, just a fence. Bring peace between the two. <laughs> we'll meet at the Golden Ox. We'll sort things out. <laughs> yeah, which I must admit was good to see back in, wasn't it? Wait, you just said you were going last. Wait for your turn. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> okay, so are you guys ready? Ever since we had that 
one by ourselves. He's been absolutely isn't he? Up and <laughs> we we do one podcast, just the two of us. Suddenly, Jermaine writes six articles. He's he's texting us every <laughs> Please, second don't day. Don't forget about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> um, it was like I probably had my quietest week. I had my quietest week at work for probably about oh, probably since I ever started there, and it was just as well because I had all those uh, articles yeah, to write. Posts so. to write. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, me on um, holidays, my wife has been amazed at how much my phone buzzes. <laughs> These guys like have work, families, or what the heck's going on? This your phone does not stop buzzing. <laughs> She's just jealous that you've got uh, more friends than her. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So you guys ready? Born ready. Okay, Dan. Now, do we have to time you, or do you think you can uh, stick to three minutes? Oh, look, I I found out about 20 minutes ago that we were going to do this three-minute review, so I haven't got anything planned, so... Yes, I think you're probably going to have to let me know when my three minutes is up, because it's certainly not... Um, okay, so, all right, so let me know when you're ready, and we'll start the three minutes. All right, well, okay. Okay, so looking at the 22nd Phantom Saga, and I think that's going to be a question, what do we call it? Is it the 22nd Phantom, or is it the Empty Throne Saga? But uh, we can come back to that. Um, Ramethi, who is the, you know, just about the probably the second most prolific Phantom author, has um, written a pretty neat phantom story in this and the way he's constructed it i can really respect what he's done there um i know that as the resident forecast i'm supposed to be up in arms about how this is a terrible story and all the rest of it um but the fact of the matter is that it is really cleverly done and fits within the forecast canon so to a large degree to a very large degree and uh, so I didn't hate this as much as I thought I was going to. And to be fair, I didn't hate it at all. Um, I actually thought it was a pretty good story across the, the trilogy. Um, and, and it really does... I've been talking for a long time, even in the very first podcast where I appeared, which was the debate about, you know, Lee Fawkes Phantom is one true Phantom. Even in that, I was saying that um, we do need to see some progression of the generations. And I think this trilogy um, really gives us a window into how exciting a movement into the 22nd Phantom could be. So I really I do take my hat off to Ramethi for what he's done there. Um, there's a few things that he has uh, done and, and, and what has been done that I, I don't like, um, but there's certainly less of those than what I do. I, I wish that they had uh, that he had used more of the classic tropes of from, from Lee Fork's Phantom, um, and, and an instance of that is there's not a single old jungle saying across the three stories. So I thought that was a bit disappointing. There are some things that I thought were really good. The the Bandar arrows, one scratch means death, that's in there. Um, Kit Jr. saying, I don't need a club to beat up the bully. That was really, remar- uh, you know, uh, harken mm. back to Jungle Tawny and these sorts of stories. But there's not a lot of forkism other than that. Um, there's a lot of references to old Ramethi stories. You can understand that, but it does tie it all in together well. I thought the choice of artists was excellent across the three stories, and I can talk about that later when we have that other discussion. I think there's a lot of things that they did well there. I do have some minor problems with the plot. Um, The worst part, I thought, was the conclusion, because it just felt so rushed, and I wish that they'd had a bit more time to explore that properly. Um... But overall, as a, as a three-story arc, telling two, three different plot lines as it went through, um, I thought he did a good job. 
Very good. Oh, he came in finished? under three minutes. Yeah, 20 seconds left. Good work. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> good instinct. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. All right, Stephen, you ready? I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. And I, I don't know if I can be quite as um, as clear and succinct as, as Dan was. I've, I've made a, a number of notes here, and I'll... That's pretty much going to be my review, I think. Um, so, starting with part one, um, I always like to start with the covers, and I thought the cover was dynamic, having the two phantoms uh, running towards the the uh, the viewer, and you know, they look like they're running off to adventure, and it's going to be promises to be action packed. However, I was disappointed that there wasn't that much action in this part. Um, but more on that when we discuss it later. Um, I like the little nods to like Emperor Junka. I thought that was a nice touch, and you know how far or you know his type of history revolved with the Phantom. Um, there's a few obvious things like as soon as you say, "Oh, sniff, sniff," what's that? It's going to be hallucinogenic. All of a sudden, you've got these warriors down upon you. Um, I thought uh, the way Kit was um, depicted, he was looking really good. He looked like a he looked like the Phantom physically, like his arms and chest and everything like that. Um, he's no longer a, a young boy. He's um, definitely a, a, a man. Um, where's Diana in all this is a big question mark. Um, mm. She's not once mentioned in the whole story. Mm. Um, so I think that's just a great big you know, thing missing. Um, in the first part, you know, Kit, Kit acting like a klutz again. Um, but there seems to be this brain versus brawn type um, uh, plot thing going there, but neither is the total package, so you know, neither of them can be the Phantom by themselves. Um, the, the constant arguing and bickering I didn't like, um, and I really wasn't looking forward to, you know, the cliffhanger was you're going to go to this meeting with the Chiefs. I thought, oh, yeah, that's going to be great. You just sit down and talk. It's like, you know, Phantom Menace or Star Wars Episode One. you know, where they're all just sitting there in a, <laughs> in a Senate. Uh, so, where, so where was the action? Like they had that stuff at, at the uni and, yeah, Fair enough, but um, it just was more of Kit being um, a bit of a dummy and and Heloise being the know-it-all. And if that's what 22 is like, then keep the 21 as far as I'm concerned. But then part two happened, and um, what did I say about the cover? Oh, I liked the cover was great. Um, where you know it's like the last view that um the bad guy sees, and I'll, we'll talk about this more. I've got a little bit more to say about that, so I thought that was a great cover. Um, I was wondering how much power this demon has. I thought he was great. He looked very overly powerful, and how the heck are they ever going to overtake them? Um, that's part three that I'm looking at, so that's why that doesn't make any sense. Part two, yep. Um, oh, yes, I opened up the book, and oh, it's Saviuk, so that always makes mm. me feel good. Oh, how come we didn't hear anything about this Mori guy in part one? All of a sudden, he's just thrown in, but I'm glad he was because that uh, really helped to kick the story along. Um, siblings helping each other, so that's good. Didn't appreciate the kick in the nuts. So I think that's um, <laughs> a bit of a low blow. A low blow. Um, but it's good to see uh, Grand getting in there and and, punt and you know, knocking out the bloke. Is that at my bell? My bell going yeah. to right. going. Finally, the Phantom was fighting, and that was great. We'd like to see some Phantom action. Uh, lots of action this time, so I liked that. And the old mods cliffhanger really it, it made me think, well, okay, what's going to happen next? Part three, um, are the twins fighting again? You know, they're all back-to-back on the cover. But really what I see that as, 
uh, like the twin, the twins are both being the Phantom, but they've got different paths to go on, which are slightly separate, but they're linked by this throne, which stands empty in the background. Um, I like that they actually went down and told us what actually happened to Bengali um, with the mm. disaster mm. and uh, revised power. Um, who is this mystery man? Well, we'll talk about the, who the mystery man is later. That was great. I liked how the, the shadows and all that stuff worked. And while well, they are playing the long game with this earthquake, which mm. first, you know, re- relating to a story that happened 20 years ago, um, I didn't appreciate um, the Phantom calling the bloke, you son of a... Yeah. I just thought that's not cool. It's like um, there's a Batman story where um, he says, I'm the goddamn Batman. And that's just... It's crap. It's out of character. It shouldn't be done. Mm. Um, another nut shot, but... <laughs> Um, another one in the pills, which you know, not not crash up. But I am looking for I am looking forward to the next instalment. I want to see where this twenty second um, Phantom Saga goes. So, though I may have entered it with some trepidate, not, maybe not as much as Dan, um, and especially after the first part, which I thought was rubbish, it it really came up good. All right, okay, all right. Okay, so my turn. All right, so I was a lot like you, Steve. At first, I didn't like part one. I thought part one was a bit too slow, and then I liked part two, and then part three was a cracker. However, in rereading it tonight, part one I've probably misjudged at first, and I actually really, really like part one reading it a second time because of the character development establishing the, uh, not the hatred or maybe mistrust or the the animosity between Kit and Heloise. Like, it, it helps establish that, which we see throughout Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3. Um, so I thought, even though while Part 1 probably is probably the weaker, it does a great job in establishing the, um, the whole saga. Uh, so I probably had a, a higher... Um, appreciation of it uh, in reading it tonight. Um, I think you're right. I kind of get a little bit sick and tired of Kitten Halloween's looking like bumbling idiots. Um, I understand there's a rivalry and stuff like that, um, but their dad's missing. Like, get over yourself. Um, you know, they're both idiots in part one. Um, in part... Uh, in in part two, I like the fact that they start helping each other, like, you know, like um, with the fight scene, you know, Heloise, you know, reminds Kit and then Kit's able to, you know, do it. I love the, uh, like Dan said, the, the forkism way of fighting, where he's doing, you know, wise, you know, cracking wise jokes and beating him, you know, like without the, um, the, what do you call it, without the club and stuff like that. Um, I must admit, I was getting a little bit confused with this whole... Uh, witch doctors and stuff like that. That kind of didn't really make sense. Not really sure where that kind of fits. Um, part three, I wish we kind of saw the the prelogue with the earthquake and Bababu taking over and, you know, the whole country being in disarray. I wish we kind of saw that in part one. Mm. I just feel like getting it in part three, we kind of missed a bit. While it's while it's good having some of the backstory halfway through the story, I think this part of the backstory would have been better in part one, if that kind of makes sense. 
Um, I love the twist with um, uh, Lubanga. Uh, and then, like, you know, all the, all the references to all the past Fork and Egmont stories. I kind of wish Lubunga was shown a little bit more in Part 1 and Part 2, like he was on Page 7, where on Page 7 it's kind of like, oh, I know who you are, but we don't know who he is, but everyone else knows who he is. That's my timer. I'll be real quick. Um, so I wish we kind of saw that throughout Part 1, Part 2, to build up the suspense on who is the man behind the shadows. Um, And then as Stephen, uh, as Dan, sorry, I wish they kind of ended it differently where we saw Kit and Heloise facing death and then that's where the part ended. I just thought that would have made us eagerly await the next saga even more because we weren't even sure how they're going to get out of this. And it could have you know, as Heloise was getting the life choked out of her, it could have ended with, like, a black panel. And that would have been, in my opinion, that would have been the best way of ending it. We didn't need that last page where, last half a page where it's all feel good and, and happy. So that's my review as well. well so the overall, I think overall we're all quite happy with it. Which, yeah. Um, yeah, which I think is a, a real credit because um, we we do come from three different views, you know, uh, you know, and we joke about Dan being the focus, but you know, but I think it's got enough to keep the focus happy um, and and stuff like that. So I think it's. I don't it's, know if it's 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 good enough to keep the focus happy. It's more that it doesn't do enough to upset the focus. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think Forkists are going to read this and going to be delighted, but they're going to be they they may read it and go, oh well that's okay that that, that doesn't yeah. do nasty things. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So Dan, what were some of those classic tropes you were kind of like wish like, you, oh, just, you mentioned old yeah, jungle science. Yeah. So um, there's there's things that we know about the fandom that uh, that I think well. For me, as I was reading it as a kid, a thing happens, you go, oh, that's just so fandom. That's just something that the fandom does. And perhaps that was because I was reading through in the 80s and you were getting a lot of the same stories come around regularly. But you were certainly <laughs> you were certainly getting a lot of Lee Fork stories and Lee Fork was, you know, he had his go-to things. So I mentioned the, the old jungle sayings. I wish there'd been more of those. I, I can't believe yeah. that we just read a three-parter that had no old jungle sayings in it whatsoever. I thought that's a bit disappointing. Um, but the, that will the, probably be a, a common thing across all stories, though, wouldn't it? it yes, mm-hmm. and I would say particularly... Like the fact that we don't have enough old jungle sayings. Yeah, yep, I would agree. And and I thought it, it's a surprise, really, when, as I said in, in my three minutes, the... Claire's has been really thoughtful about the way that he's written this, and um, mm. there's, there's been a lot of consideration into making sure that he's not upsetting um, Lee Fork fans, he's not upsetting Egmont fans. He's, he really does a, a, a masterful job of tying the two fandom universes together for a bit. Um, yeah. But but to have missed out on old Jungle sayings just seems like a weird one, and and I don't know. It'd be interesting to go back. Maybe he as a writer, doesn't use them a, a whole bunch. Um, mm. 
Whereas I think the the newspaper strips still do. Just about every newspaper story strip will have an old jungle saying or two at some point. So. Yeah. Uh, the other yeah. things that were a typical fandom, as I said in the review, was the the fighting and and throwing away the club. He tried to fight with the club for a few for like a page, a half a page. Then after some whispered advice from Kit uh, from Heloise, sorry, you know, has thrown the club away and and been a bit more fandom. You know, the fandom always used to take on the yeah. giants without a weapon and all the rest of it. And um, the other one that I mentioned, oh, the yeah, just um, in episode one, Kit is saved by the pygmy bander, and and the comment is that one scratch of the arrows means death, and and that's a, mm. a, certainly something that was repeated in a lot of different folk stories. So those are the sort of classic tropes, classic phantom moments that I, you know, um, enjoyed. Yeah, you've also got the golden ox um, as well. Which... Yeah, 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 yeah. So th- those are, I, I, well, I sort of separated those and called those callbacks to, to previous stories and that sort of thing. I mean, there's a lot of those. Um, Junko was mentioned. Um, yes. Great, in the, in, it was almost like in, in part three. Abado. Yeah, so recurring characters. I did think that it was almost in part three where uh, Ramethi's gone, oh, I really must make sure that I've got lots of references to past stories because it was only in part three that we saw those really start to happen um, with uh, the little editor's note, C, through issue yeah. 506, 1430, 1162, 1507, um, 1752. So there's lots of old Egmont stories referred to. Um, it does does a, the one of the characters talks about the giant firebird of Gandor and the drummer of Timpani and these sorts of things. So, as I said, I think um, Ramethi's done a, a good job of remembering to include a lot of those things. But do you think it's more like because part three is uh, is generally like explaining what's happened in part one and part two? Yeah. True. So do you think that's why we probably get more of those references because it's not only explaining it to Kit and Heloise, but also to the reader as well. Yeah, that's probably fair. That's probably fair. So, And that's yeah. where I guess I I see this as certainly Ramethi has, has drawn on all of his um, work that he's done in the past, um, probably more heavily than he's drawn on Lee Fork's work. I think he's probably referred to individual stories more but to say that there's not the fork stories i think's a little bit harsh oh, i didn't say there's, there's... not saying that <laughs> no no it, it, he Sorry, certainly was taking it back there no <laughs> thanks thanks <laughs> yeah no look as, as has been said the the junkar the babu he's got warabu from the jungle patrol like he's in the phantom universe um, he's in his mm. Phantom Universe where Labanga exists. Labanga's never appeared in a single newspaper strip story, so he's not really official character. Um, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's a total another argument if you want to go. Yeah, but, but, uh, but did you know who I thought Labanga was when when he first came out? Who's that? Sorry, he had all those lines and stuff. I thought he was the Python. I thought he, I thought yes. he just went nuts and, and brought the Python out. I thought the Python had come back too. Yeah, that was my first thought. Mm, he just looked. He looked massive. He didn't mm. look like uh, Labunga to me. He looked like the Python. Well, Labunga was always uh, he was always a big guy though, and he yeah. you know remember he did defeat the Phantom in um, uh, battle on what is it the Witch, Witch Doctor's Peak or something. Yeah. So yeah, but he he's did also. Take the he's also in this plotline 
has been away and had amnesia for a number of years, um, and it was only the earthquake that woke him up again. So he's certainly got buffed in a short period of time, having just lived he as has. a simple <laughs> tribesman for a while. Yeah, but you, uh, yeah, I don't really. And that's probably just that's the artist, a problem really. or not, though. I didn't say it's a problem. It's just <laughs> it's just something you noticed. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so he was always he was always a big dude in all his stories. He's always been a big dude, yeah. and he's always matched the Phantom physically and mentally. Do you think it was good to see him back? I would have rathered if it was the Python. Or do you think it's... Oh, the Python, that would have been awesome. Yeah. No, the Lubanga, in so much as he exists as a character, um, has been around for a long, long time now. And and I don't know, am I happy that he's now post-21st Phantom? Maybe. Not overly, no. Um, No, I would have preferred if it was the Python... Or even Nomad, but we don't know what's going on with him. I think, I think from a um, looking at, I think Lubanga is probably a bigger threat to Bengali, uh, the leadership, the Phantom, and his legacy than probably um, the Python who hasn't. Who's only you know who hasn't been around as long? I think the danger is that Lubanga has been done to death a few times and he's come back from death a few times. I think that's probably the weakest point mm. about Lubanga. At least General Babu, um, when he comes back, it's only from exile. It's not like he's ever been killed. Yeah, true. Mm. But again, he's you know he's almost a joke. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he was written <laughs> as a joke in the first place. Well, I don't know if he was written as a joke, um, but I think he beca- I think he's become a bit of a joke. He's probably one of the only. He's what? Probably the only bad guy that um, that Lee Falk himself has brought back and back and back. Eh? Certainly one of his favourites. Yeah. There hasn't been many other apart from probably maybe Sailor and the Skyband at the start. But apart from that, there hasn't really been any other bad guys that have continued cropping up as much as Babu. No, that's exactly right. You've been a bit quiet, Steve. Oh, you guys are just going nuts, but um, I find myself <laughs> disagreeing with nearly everything you're saying, Jermaine. It's, um... Really? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I've been wanting to what? type things down here, but if I type them down, then you'll see what I'm thinking. I like the indignance in Jermaine's voice. How could What could you possibly have to disagree oh, with? Well, <laughs> well, okay, go for it. Okay. I think the Python poses a bigger threat than Mabunga. Um Saying that he doesn't... Like, if, if Python got, gets out of that prison, if, if he does... Um, he can cause havoc. He's already been able to, um, well, seem like Dino was dead for over a year or whatever it was, bombed all this other stuff. And people kind of, and granted, forgot it, you know, Labunga hasn't been in the front of fandom thing for 20 years or whatever. So bringing him back, but making him nice and powerful. And, 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 and that's probably like why a... we thought it was, that's probably why we thought he was the Python when, when he came up mm. because he's in the forefront now and he was mm. and he looked big and he looked strong and powerful. Um, it does provide a better twist though having Labunga than the Python. Oh, it was just well. Yeah, because yeah. everyone, no one would. I don't think anyone would have expected the Man in the Shadows to be Labunga. 
Well, because maybe. you know everyone would expect that's, that's, that's him to be why dead. it's man the challenge. You're trying to figure out who, who yeah. he is, and well, didn't, matter, didn't matter who it was. It could be the bunga, could be Python, could be some totally different bloke. It could have been um, Found Twenty One, who's who's lost his mind, or mm. he's under some sort of thing. Yeah. I actually thought that for a second too. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good twist. I, I but, certainly um, do you think. I certainly didn't fall off my chair when I found out it was Labanga. No. No. It was like, oh, so okay. So what, yeah. what was your reaction? Was it kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Or was it more of like, oh, didn't see that one coming or... It's a, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, was, I was a bit like that too. Let's see where this is going. Now, he's not like he's, he's escaped from them, so he's, it looks like he's going to be the main... Um, is a protagonist or antagonist? Oh, don't get me on the escape. Goodness me. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, they're just... Yeah, they're... <laughs> Oh, we, we had to change panels, so he's gone. Yeah, that's right. But, um, we'll get, oh, we'll, I looked away. <laughs> yeah, looked away and he was gone. Yeah. Um, uh, well, oh, you mentioned in your review that um, that Kit and Heloise were, just, were going at each other for parts one, two, and three, and I thought, no, no they were just going at each other for period for part one. And, and, and I honestly think, when, I feel like there was only probably two scenes, genuinely, when they were actually going at each other. So in rereading it, I don't think that there's a... You know, you're establishing a pattern without going overboard. Yeah, and and the, and part two, where when when the fight happens, I think that that really brought them back to, together again, and they were able to um. To they're a lot to- more amicable t- towards each other. I agree, but there's still that um, there's still the the, the mistrust, the the unsure about each other and, and nah, stuff. Like no, that. I disagree with that. In in the third, by the third, like in the first story, the the whole reason for this stupid quarrel, and and I think that we can all agree that the um, the quarrel that they had eight months before, and they haven't spoken to each other since, is pretty childish. Like, uh, who's yeah. more ready to be the Phantom? I am. No, I am. That's it. We're never going to speak again. Um, that's that was a bit of a reach. Um, but I don't think it was. I think there's more to it than just that, though. And there's always been the. Um, which started from Lee Falk stories as well. There's always been that um, uh, that competitiveness against each other, um, and then even if you're looking at um, even even before uh, Kit's girlfriend has been kidnapped, there was you can sense animosity between them while they're at um, uh, university or college together as well. Yeah, there's, um, there's that undergrowing, underpinning rivalry of who would be the next Phantom. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for them to, for that to come to a head and go, well, that's it, we're not going to speak. You know, there was this uh, moment. I, Kit's very embarrassed because he had to be saved three times, I think, from Heloise. Um, each time because he was just bullet a gate going in without thinking about it. Um so there's the resentment from his point of view. I, I just thought that the that as I said, it was a bit of a reach. I think it was a bit too. But the, they absolutely did develop, and I agree with Stephen. It, it happened during the fight in part two. Part probably because Kit was the hero of part two. Like Heloise was very much on the outer in part two, other than yeah. a couple of whispered words of advice at different times. She was. It's not a story about her part two. Um, and so maybe for that reason, because he's, he's a bit sexist in the first, in, in part one, where he says, no, a, a woman can never be the Phantom, or a Phantom can only be yeah. a man, one or the other. Um, so maybe part two was enough to boost his ego to go, well, okay, I'm the guy in the middle who's doing having the fight, um, and part two is all about me. So that 
fulfills his ego enough. Um, but by part three, um, when they've realised that there's the the witch doctors in Phantom Head Peak that Moz has come back and encountered, Kit actually says one of us will have to go. So he acknowledges that it could be either. He never says for a moment that oh, I have to go and I have to do two things. Um, so part by part three, I think the two of them are pretty much on the same page. Yeah, and, and one I of them's was... going to one danger, one of them's going to the other danger, where kind of like their strengths, yes, kind of match. Yeah, 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 but you know, it's not totally. Yeah, like, if right. you look at page twenty-two, you know, Guren says there's a glimmering flame of hope. So you know, they're, they're definitely getting back on the page, but I wouldn't say that they're there yet. No. Um, and that's the point that I was making is that. You know, they started off poles apart and they're slowly coming back together okay. by the end of part three. That's not what you said before, though. Well, I think we've that, convinced him, Dan. I, I misinterpreted what he'd said before, if that was the case. No, I just think we've convinced him otherwise. <laughs> no, it's not. Can I, just, can I just disagree with you again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think if ending the part three as just a black panel was crap... Oh, um, I could yeah, agree with you more, Stephen. Because yep. <laughs> um, this is set as a, like a three-story part. Yep. Um, y- yes, for part, yes, do it for part one or part two, something like that as a big cliffhanger, but it needs to be wrapped up in, in, in the third part. Um, and I'll say, for example, things like um, Star Wars Saga. Um, part one, well, you know, <laughs> part one, A New Hope, you know, the first Star Wars movie. Um yeah, that was kind of like self-contained because they didn't know if they were going to make the second one, but it did leave things open for the next one. Now the next one, you have that big cliffhanger. You know, the, the bad guys have really taken over, and so what's going to happen next? And you know, you're left on that cliffhanger, and then part three, everything's wrapped up again. Now that they've gone and made um, prequels and sequels and stuff, but you need to have that, those three parts yeah. sorted. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, what was wrapped up? Three. What was you? Because you said that they needed. Oh, wrap, to wrapped up, up with enough to go on. So what was what was wrapped up in part three? Well, part the death well, of the, the two guys, the fact that they survived. The fact that they survived and they got through it and they were able to. And like they said, well, what did we do? You know, the, the, um, they said they didn't accomplish anything. Well, they accomplished Jungle Peace, which was you know a major thing because mm. well that would be the the whole story arc of the, of the whole thing, which was what they first came in for. But now, what, what it's done and what it's done really well is they've been able to wrap that part of the story up, but they've left enough threads to to go on with the next um, saga whenever we're going to get it. Yeah. They haven't even started writing it, is that right? No, but, um, well, we can we can break that. There There is going to be a new uh, uh, part, whether it's going to be one story, two stories, three, five, ten. Um, the work has begun on it. Uh, when it will be released, I'm not. Uh, I don't have those dates yet, but we can uh, inform the listeners that uh, there will be more, more parts or more stories of this Empty Throne saga. Mm. Yeah, and well, look, I'd, I'd I, like to see it done the same sort of way in another three-part arc mm. like this. I think it's worked well. Yeah, I would just, I just think that having it off the cliffhanger of where. And you got to remember, this isn't a movie, all in the fact that, you know, this was always going to be having a follow-on story. Having the uncertainty would have been 
would have had you on your edge of your seat a lot more than it being wrapped up nicely because it's I, I'm, I'm with Stephen. I disagree completely. I think that if this finished on it, that sort of cliffhanger, um, and then we had to wait, look, what are we talking? An- another 12 months, 18 months, two years until the second part? But we're going to have to be waiting that way anyway, even Correct. with okay. this. Okay. So yeah. if we're waiting for all of that, no, if, if we're waiting for all of that time to find out if they lived or died, I stopped caring. It's it's part of the problem that's happened with mm. with Heart of Darkness, really, in terms of the the breaks that have happened. You, you stop worrying about it because what you're talking about is a fourth part, and people through readers don't like most people. I don't think are going to enjoy having. Uh, it's been a problem in the past. Oh, it's been three, four episodes. But they're going to be having then, the same. They're going to have the same problem anyway. No, they're not because this because is people a, people no, have to wait another probably another year. Before they're going to get the next part anyway. Yeah, but we're so not waiting. So, so there's there's people are still like people are still. It's the going next to be adventure. It's not the next happened. part though, Jermaine. Yeah. This this adventure's no, been wrapped up. The next no, adventure is, co- in, is coming it's out. A, yes, a, it is. It's a, it's an inside story of an outer story. So it's you know like there's the overarching story of what has happened to the twenty first Phantom. Have is he dead? Are we going to get the second, the twenty yeah. second Phantom? Yeah. And in a sense, it's like year one. So we're going to have a series of of stories leading up to a bigger story, which is year one, death of the twenty first Phantom. And if you are going to look at TVs or movies and stuff like that, they always end the season at a cliffhanger to be what is going to happen for the next season. No, they don't. So, all. Yeah. No, they don't. Well, they've done like what they've done here. We've still got the, you know, this, prompt, this promise well, this of adventure a, about what's happened to, his old, to their old man. This is a happy ending. This I is... would have preferred if there was more of a, of a twist and you weren't going to be sure what's going to happen. Well, like, for example, we're going to have to disagree on that. NCIS, the last season, that you had McGee and Gibbs going, you know, basically facing certain death. So... The, you know, you're not sure what has happened to them, and you have to wait the whole off season until the new one. You got uh, Green Arrow. Um, he's on the boat with his son, and the guy blows up the island, which has got all his friends on. It's Heaps not- of TV shows do the ending where you're not sure what is going to be happening, hmm. and, and that's like part I'm one to part two and part two to part three, but not this whole, but not but no, one no, saga no. to or one trilogy to the next. But it's not a trilogy. It's it's the one story. You've just read a three. It's a trilogy. It's three part. <laughs> no, the next trilogy. where does it say anything about it being a just a trilogy of three parts? The three parts have been released. Like yeah, so that's, that's released so far. What's Star Wars? Trilogy. Yeah, but it's not Star Wars. This but is. You've just no, you've no, just used um, TV no. shows. What I've what I've said. Is that this is an overarching story of the 22nd Phantom and what has happened to the 21st Phantom? Jermaine, hang on, let me finish. There are many, there are many stories in the overarching, in the overarching um, saga. So it's not, it's not finished. It is still going. Okay, Jermaine, does the newspaper strip story? Come to a happy conclusion each week at the end of each story. It's a neat Not ending. Not each story, but in majority of them, yes. And and yet it is part of an ongoing arc, isn't it? 
Well, no. The Everything story... from... De... <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> DePaul... DePaul's stories, so, let's, okay. let's use him as the starting out, point. From DePaul's first story through to now, he's continuing with a range of stories and arcs, and Savannah was in for a while. We've talked about the Nomad. We've but talked about the Python. major is something like this. And even if you look at what the, the Diana's... If you look at the Diana's death story, which is probably the closest to something like this... Not every part, and that was wrapped up in four... It was like four stories that was part as one. Hmm. Not every one of those parts had a happy ending. No, but that was a story okay. arc. This is a story arc. It goes from yeah, start to finish in this story. No, no. But it hasn't oh. finished. Okay, you talk... That's you, what I'm saying. It hasn't talk, finished. No, it Finished. No, it hasn't finished. But for instance, we've we've talked about a lot of different TV shows and movies. Game of Thrones is a series that, at the end of each episode, there is a cliffhanger to get you into the next episode. But at the end of the season, there, it comes to something of a satisfying conclusion. All of the major battles for that Not season always. have no. Listen, I listen to you. All of the the major battles for that season have finished, and and there's a moment of calm. Of course the story's not over. We know that the story's not over, the overall arching arc, but the story of the whole Phantom's not over, and at the end of each story you come to a little conclusion for that, and then you go again next week. Lee Fork was doing that back with um, the, the engagement and the wedding proposal. Time marches on, and the story keeps going, but there is a happy little ending or a calm moment. And for us, if this had been finished on the cliffhanger that you wanted, and then we had to wait 18 months and then we had to try and pick up on it again. It's basically part four of the story instead of the second chapter. Yeah, but we're having to do the same thing anyway. No, we're not. So I, 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 under, yeah. I, under, I understand, and we'll, we'll move on because we're not going to agree on this, and I understand what you're saying about it having, you know, that. But the thing is, is we're, we're, we're still unsure what's happened to the 21st Phantom. And yes. maybe, and maybe you're right. Maybe some people can't handle too many cliffhangers. With are they going to die, and are the Phantom going to die? Me personally, it's the time between. Would, it's the time that you're suggesting that we be patient but, and wait for that moment. But we have to wait that moment anyway. To no, we find don't. Out no, there's no cliffhanger here. We're not Phantom. having to wait for that moment. But what's happened to the twenty first Phantom? That's not the cliffhanger moment. But it's That's people the still story wanting story to know. Yeah, well, I, I think we'll just move on. Obviously, we're never going to agree on that. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I would have preferred... Poor old Jermaine, he was, there, he was at the crease with the um, with a hard, uh, hard um, <laughs> full-power pace attack just getting at him from both ends. Bit of chin music. <laughs> well, yeah, but, and, that, and that's fine that, you know, um, that you would have, that you are happy with this ending. Um, personally, I would have preferred... A different ending. I don't mind this ending, but I just thought that it would have been a better ending. But yeah, I think for mine, I'm going to throw something out there. Would you have preferred um, like um, to actually have found the 21st? No. Within these three stories? No. Well, they've finished this with we're going to go and look for Dad. Basically, there's the next story. That's the last panel. We need to go and start looking for him. So, obviously, that's the next story. Arc, that, that makes a yeah. sense. That makes sense to me as an arc. If, as I said, yeah. as I sort of said right at the beginning, if I could change the ending of this, I'd give him an extra page or even two, to because it's just so sudden. And we've already alluded to it. Like uh, Julie, uh, Julie, Kit, uh, Heloise. Sorry, Heloise has <laughs> knocked. Yeah, Heloise has knocked out Labanga. 
And in the next panel that we see her, oh, Labanga got away. He was there one second and gone the next. Um, the the way that Kit defeats, and we haven't we've danced around this. Um, I'm going to call him Kuntu because that's the best way to pronounce his name. I think um, the way that <laughs> the way the way that Kit that's what de- I said in my head too. When I it. <laughs> the way that Kit defeats Kuntu is that he drops dead of a heart attack because of the drugs that he's been taking. So, Overdose, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just very sudden and very convenient the way that these uh, have wrapped up. And I, and I think with a little bit of time, um, there would have been room to, to do that better. So I, I was disappointed think, in the end just cause, yeah. because the resolution, yeah. which you don't like, for me, it happened too quickly. Happened too quickly, yeah. I agree with that. Like, you know, and I can, I can understand the fact that, you know, that the... You know the ending. I thought the fact that he died of the heart attack was a bit weak. Um, I liked um, Wurubu helping out um, Heloise. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, okay, so uh, was that her plan or his plan? Well, I think it was um, like what Wurubu said. You saved yourself. You showed an incredible presence of mind when you gave me that knife. Mm. So it was like you know he was he was. Well, sorry, I better say she. Um, <laughs> she was running away, but then uh, I was getting the names wrong. Know. But at least mostly I got the Tinder right. <laughs> well, these days you can't really tell, but uh, that's another point. Um, but you know, so she was trying to rescue, but then it was kind of like, oh, someone else, you know, needs rescuing. So she put herself in danger to save someone else. That is very mm. phantom. And yeah, it, in I, a sense, it, 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 it rescues her by rescuing someone else. Oh, for sure. But I, just, I was probably a little bit disappointed with that sequence in that she was panicking and, 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 and yeah. it wasn't... It, you could only read her panic as trying to fool the banga because she knew Werribu was going to get away after she knew Werribu was there. And she was already panicking, you know, no, no, don't come closer. Um, maybe I can find somewhere. There's panic in her face. Um, there's not that phantom resolve to turn around. And yeah. we've got to remember that this is a, what, 23, 24-year-old girl who's um, on her first ever phantom mission. So, you, And I think for both Kit and Heloise, you need to forgive them that in a sense. And to me, as I sort yeah. of said at the beginning, one of the exciting things about this entire arc as, as a concept is that it, for the first time in 80 years we are going along that origin path with someone who's learning what it's like to be the Phantom and find themselves in those sort of situations rather than someone who's well, been the there, done second that. second time, we did get that really poor effort from Egmont uh, of year one, which started out good and then um, it kind of right. fell in a heap of crap, which obviously seeing you don't even remember it was shows how uh, memorable it was. Oh, I don't know that I would have read that a second time. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I genuinely so, can't remember the that. The point is, I agree. You know that we that that we get to see their human side. We get to see their frailty. We get to see they're making mistakes, mm. um, which is, I think, and you know, again, without uh, in a lot of other TV shows and movies that we have seen of superheroes and stuff like that, we always, well, majority of the time, we see them when in their origin. Because, and that's where, you know, where Marvel famously has, has, uh, been famous in, in the 50s and 60s and stuff 
when they created is they created characters that had frailties like Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Quarrying, uh, and stuff like that, where we get to see the 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 human side of the Phantom and his fragileness, mm-hmm. which we didn't always get to see in folk stories. There was the classic one, The Normal Life, which you know, which I'm sure you oh. remember that. See, I, I, I disagree with your broad statement there that we didn't get to see that in folk stories because that's... I said we didn't get to see it as much. Okay, I, I disagree with your general concept there that we didn't get to see it as much in folk stories because that's one of the things that I like about Phantom Above and Beyond other characters and I grew up on folk stories. So I feel like you you very much got a feel for him um, as a... Yeah. I'm talking about his frailties and uh, and his doubting and stuff uh, like okay. that. Okay. Uh, well, I've, I've, yeah, I but feel like Falk did that well. Well, like there was, okay, there was the normal life. There was probably the engagement and stuff like that when he was trying to ask Diana to marry him, which, you know, we did get to see his, his insecurity in a sense of the fact that, but... What are the stories, at, you know, obviously at the top of your head, which... You oh, know, look, uh, to me, it's not so much this is the story where they made a point of doing it. It's just the vibe that you get. You know, I'm quoting... Okay. It's, it's the vibe. It's Marbo. Um, no, but it, it's, it's a general sense, whether it's, um, you know, wondering about the, the 12 tasks and his grandfather could do them, can I do them? The rope people story, I think. Um, yeah, Even the... Um, uh, you know, the the chain, the story of the chain, and just by sheer human effort, I know that's not a frailty that you're talking about, but, you know, I think the the, the um, he's very human in the run with uh, Susie and the governor, um, with the, ran, running away with her. There's a lot of human moments in that. So, um, yeah, I, to me it's yeah, not so much okay. this is the story, but it's more, as I said, it's the Marbo of the thing. <laughs> there's always been a real humanist to the character yeah the, yeah I, I agree that there has been a humanist but I'm more I was more like talk when I was saying that it was more about you know the insecurity of the phantom the fact when he's you know like self doubt you, you re, self doubt the um you know can I do this um you know like on page 19, Heloise running away. Oh no, dead end. Now it's curtains for me. Mm. Run, girl. He can't hurt you if he can't catch you. Um, so, are we, are we, you know, it, it, as, a, as I alluded to before, we've got to um, give Kit the same, um, you know, consideration, I suppose, when he is making all those mistakes in part one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, and I think it's, yeah, like you can definitely see him maturing through the three parts. Mm. Um, and a lot can happen inside a year. Like, you know, their dad's been missing, uh, Kit's girlfriend gets kidnapped, they get found short at the university, uh, they don't speak to each other for eight months, and I'm sure there was, you know, would have been a whole backstory between behind that and everything. So a lot can happen in a year, and I'm sure there's been times in in our lives growing up where you have a bit of a bad run inside a year and you've mm. probably gone, oh, wow, I've definitely grown up a lot in the last year or so. Mm. So, um, you know, and I, and I guess 
coming back to your point, Dan, is that that's the brilliant part about the fact that we are seeing the 22nd Phantom, is that we're getting a perfect ability to be able to sit front row seats watching this. The same as the Kid Phantom uh, show as well. Uh, not show. Um, <laughs> not yet. Uh, the the Kid Phantom um, comic book as well, is that we get to see that side of the Phantom. Yeah. And I guess the the thing for me is, um, does it fit inside the the canon of the Phantom and inside the canon that Fork established and, and is continues through the newspaper strips? And at the moment, as I sort of said, it doesn't step outside the canon. This could still be what happens. My problem with this story will ironically become if and when the newspaper does something different because the, yeah. the newspaper's in charge and the moment the newspaper goes in a different well, direction to this, this story will be null and void sort of thing in terms of yeah, proper fandom well, history. Um, newspaper's not in charge. Um, yes, it is. We've, we've had no, this conversation and, and from my point of view, it is. That's, you've got, yeah. I, to me, from I draw... Your, from your point of view, it is, it is in charge. But there's, yeah. from, from what I can see, there's nothing from King Features or Egmont or Tony D. Paul or anyone like that that has said that the newspaper stories post-Fork is canon or anything like that. But that's a totally uh, no, different No, you're discussion. wrong. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> the interview with Tony DePaul that we published on Chronicle Chamber, we asked him the question about what is the canon, and he said, you said Tony DePaul doesn't, he said in that interview that he does consider the newspaper strip to be canon. And that you Did have he say to... pre-Fork or post-Fork? I'll find it, but uh, I'll, I'll give you the strip. quote. No, I, I'm pretty sure he said the... Okay, well, yeah, no, it'll be good. It'll be definitely a good point. Um, and look, uh, to me, and, and we've had this argument offline a number of times, mm. um, well, online, but off air, that <laughs> <laughs> um, as far to me, you've got to be able to draw a line somewhere. When there's lots of different versions of the Phantom, you've got to decide for yourself what is yeah. acceptable and true and what's not. And for me, if I can go, the newspaper strip is acceptable and true, then anything that's outside of that or doesn't fit within that, can't be considered proper Phantom. And that's a problem with some of Egmont. Some Egmont fits within the within the canon. This does, for instance. But um, that will be... But like you said, that's where it sits with you. Yeah, correct. But at least that's... To me, that's a clear line, whereas I'm not sure where your line is. <laughs> well, more... Yeah, and, and we've discussed it before, is that I don't think there is separate universes... Um, so who's I the president of Bengal? Either, either way you look at it, <laughs> and, and we've, we've, we've done a... Um, either way you look at it, there's going to be issues. If you, It doesn't matter which way you look at, whether it's multi-universes or, or whatever, there's going to be issues that and questions that aren't going to fit in, okay. and that's just the wonderful world of the Phantom. All right, um, so I've just gone to, to answer your question. I've got that quote. Um, from Chronicle Chamber, published on the 5th of June, our interview with Tony DePaul, uh, we asked him, to what extent do you consider the newspaper strip as the true Phantom canon, over and above stories created for, Fe for Egmont on the and the like? And he's replied, I'll tell you the facts straight up, but in a way that doesn't step on anybody's feelings, I hope, especially not my friend Ulf's or the Phantom's loyal readers in Scandinavia. There's no getting about it. The newspaper strip is and must be the canon. Jay was emphatic yeah, about again. that when he hired me. 
he doesn't talk about whether it's post or pre, does he? No, the newspaper strip. There is, there is no post or pre to the newspaper strip. The newspaper strip is the newspaper strip. There's a lot of people that that go that it's pre pre death is and anything post is. So and look, this isn't going to be you know I don't want to get too far off because we've been how long have we recorded? <laughs> it's already so happened. <laughs> and you know we've got a lot to talk about. Like I was saying that um, you know there's a lot of stuff that we still need to talk about. But um, you know and it's. To be honest, it's probably something we probably should discuss, and we probably should, even if we can actually get a um a definite, a definitive answer from Egmont and some of the newspaper type mm. of people. It's probably something that we probably need to look well, at. That's pretty definitive because, from Tony DePaul, who's the newspaper person. Yeah, um, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Okay, we're ringing about Let's those colours. <laughs> Should we go covers? We've already discussed covers in uh, the Jamie Johnson one, uh, haven't we? <laughs> Stephen didn't get a chance. Oh, <laughs> uh, we did it All in right, Well, here's my chance. They're awesome. Review. And um, I think we could just <laughs> close the competition for covers of the year because um, someone's going to really need to pull a, um, something out of the drawing board, something phenomenal out of the drawing board to, to beat Jamie Johnson on this for well, cover of the year. okay, I'm just going to throw this in now. Is it fair Which on everybody one? else to say, no, this is one cover and so therefore... Uh, 1792, 3 and 4 win cover of the year or do you have to consider them each separately? You're not allowed to consider them as a triptych. Well, um, what do the listeners think? That's a good idea. I think you've got to do it separate. I think it has to be separate. I will, I will say right, this. We still want them. I did like <laughs> I did like in 1794. Um, it, it's interesting, and Jamie referred to this in his interview that that he and um, Henrik in for Phantomet had both chosen the same panel to represent on the front cover, and there's a lot of similarities between the two. But one thing that was striking to me, for whatever reason, uh, Jamie's decided to put Heloise on the left and Kit on the right, whereas um, both Henrik and um, Ruiz, I assume, or Martinez, who drew the the interior panel, mm. have got Kit on the left and Heloise on the right. Yeah, I noticed yeah, that too. Um, something else, something a bit. Help if I get my tongue back where it should be. Um, in 1794, and I actually mentioned this to to Jamie. Um, the excuse me on the back cover where he got the um, the warrior holding the is it called a sickle or mm. whatever that is. Um, I noticed that he couldn't see his eyes, and I'm, and not knowing the story, and like, yeah. you know, maybe I thought, oh, maybe that's twenty one, and he's just been yeah. lost or something like that. And I, you know, I hadn't I thought, oh, this story's gonna be wrapped up in three parts, but um, of course yeah. it's it's not. But um, yeah, it, it gave me that impression mainly because I couldn't see his eyes. Mm. That gave me that impression. Mm. Who is that dude? That's Kuntu. Yeah. Have to assume it's Kuntu. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. He's got that same thing, yeah, on page six. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll, in the second part, the, the cut, yeah, so I, I touched on this in my review. I, I really like, um, you yeah, know, the fist coming out to with the phantom there. Um, and it's a, like, it's a picture that's, or a pose that's been used a lot of times before. But, um, from memory, 
the fan doesn't look that ang- it doesn't look like he's about to hit you. It just looks like he's he's just standing there and he's got his fist up just to mm. show you. Mm. But um, in this one, it looks like you're about to get it's going to be lights out. And don't bother making any plans for the next couple of hours because um, you're going to be out cold. Mm. And um, I really like you know the the action shot of just about being thumped. Um, and the emotion on the on the fans' face there, you know, you look at that and you and you the wrinkly face. Things. Sorry, the wrinkly face. Wrinkly face, anger face. Yeah, one um, <laughs> depends who you one read. Fan, yeah, one fan on Facebook has said that he looks like an old man. <laughs> okay, I haven't said that. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, we discussed it in the interview as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, St- uh, Stephen, Diana. You raised mm. Diana in your um in your yeah, she's I, not I, must, I must admit I, I missed that. I didn't even think about her. That's because you're a sexist pig. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. Um, but no, yeah, Diana. It, it is it has, is interesting, isn't it? I mean it's a it's a massive gap in the story. Yeah, do you think yeah, it's they're all worried about what's happened to, to dad? He hasn't been seen for a year. There's no mention of mum, so I can only assume that mum's okay. Or she's yeah. already dead. <laughs> Oh, that's a bit morbid, but um. Well, but no. But you would have thought she was, they would have gone and visited the grave because they haven't mm. been back to the cave in over a year. So I would assume she, that she's she okay and she's somewhere. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but no, it's a you like I I didn't you know like I said I didn't think of her, but you raise a good point. Is that Diana? Are we going to see Diana in another part? Um, Surely. Yeah. Okay, so, so what if she doesn't exist in this universe? Are you still going to accept it as being okay? She exists in this universe. Where the come from? Come on, surely we've argued enough on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to try and uh, poke another argument, do you? <laughs> no, I, well, I, I think you know, just because just because she's not in this part doesn't mean she doesn't exist. Yes, yes. You know, we don't see Devil doesn't mean he doesn't exist either. Well, it, no, and that's a very good point. Where is he? He, uh, you assume that he's with Twenty One, but Hero's not anymore. So, mm. so, and I, I like it that the fact that you know there's still a lot of questions to be asked, a lot of questions to be discussed, yeah, like. We haven't even talked about Bababu yet either. Like, um, you know, he's he just, he's up. just there. He hasn't done much. He's just yeah. sitting on his thing. Well, I, I agree with what you said, Jermaine, about how it's a shame that that wasn't in the first part because I think that that really adds to the sense of complete crisis yeah. that this country is undergoing. Like, yeah. um, again, mm. I think Stephen might have mentioned that the earthquake, the callback to it and all that sort of thing, like... Um, they, they just allude to Kit can't land in Bangala because of what's going on there. Yeah. And you sort of don't really um, understand that at yeah. the time. I have to come back to it. No. But I think it would have added to the sense of massive emergency in the entire city, uh, sorry, in, t- in the entire country, not just in the jungle through this, um, you know, this refugee tribe that's had to come in, but also in the cities and in the, the um, populated areas. The entire nation's yeah. in, in crisis. So I think they really, you could have amped up the urgency for a fandom to emerge with that. Mm. I think that's yeah. why part three works so well because you do get that act- that sense of emergency. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in part one, it's just whatever. Mm. It's just, oh, this this tribe's been misplaced. It, like, been, like you yeah, definitely... Moved on. I think with part one, it almost 
and I've mentioned this as well, it almost deserves a reread after reading part three. It certainly deserves um, a sit down and read the three parts together. Even yeah. I love the fact that Fru has waited and waited and held their powder, yeah. kept their powder dry until they could publish them. Boom, boom, boom. I think linking them with a triptych cover was really like, that was really brilliant to be able to do that, and it really does make it one story. And even though they did release them one after another, even that two weeks, you know. Oh. You forget enough. It, it really is. You, do yourself a favour and, and sit down and read them one, two, three, all in the same afternoon, sort of thing. Um, you know, you yeah. don't have to read them one after another. I didn't tonight um, as I as I reread them. But you, you know, go for a walk and, and do whatever between comics. But just to read them in quick succession, I think is really worthwhile. Definitely. So, as an overall concept, yay or nay, you reckon? I like it. I, I like or, yeah. a yay. It's a yay from me. It's a, as an overall concept. My key issues with it, apart from a few non-forky things that crop, cropped up, but my my key issue with it is that I just hope that King Features it has got the newspaper strip and Egmont working together. And I don't have any um, reason to believe that they might be doing that. And if anything, we've got reason to believe that that probably isn't happening. <laughs> but yeah. But I would hate. I would. I would like to see this fit within the Phantom Canon for you know going forward. I would. But if it, um, if they've created a problem where the new, the Phantom needs to disappear for a year or more, how is the newspaper strip going to deal with that? Um, and if they, you know, I think um, they've dictated to a degree how the twenty first disappears. Even if he suddenly reappears and then dies, where's he been for that year? So they've created a. a there's a massive plot shift going on there um, and my, as I say, my worry is that it's not going to be um, led towards with the, the Phantom the, the newspaper strip Yeah, if, I, we just, I if we just keep it as Egmont rather than worry about newspaper strip and, I'll, and I'm going to see it as two different universes and you can argue whatever you want about that but I'm going to say this is the Egmont universe um, and Say that we're going to have so, and this is one saga which is contained itself. But we've got threads to go on to the next part, to the next saga. In the next saga, do we, do we want to see um, Kit and Heloise on an adventure trying to uncover what's happened to their old man, or do we want to see what's happened to their old man? And then in, in the third saga, we have their adventure to try and um, try and rescue um, Twenty One. Yeah, I think there's a lot of possibilities to explore. So two arcing storylines, basically. So we've no, got it's still the same storyline. It's just you got the no, no. I'm going talking about like we've got um, the like 21st in newspaper and in Egmont, and then oh, in forget about that. <laughs> three or four stories a year, we've got the 22nd Phantom. That, that's that's not what I said at all. Um, what I was <laughs> okay. So, I, right, so we've got. The newspaper, okay, I'll, I'll see where you got me now. Um, we've got the newspaper, and that's that story. We've got the Egmont stories, and some of them fit in canon, some of them don't, but let's just call that the Egmont universe. Yeah. And now we've got, this is happening in the future, so we've got, what, well, for lack of a better word, we're going to call it the future universe, or the future Egmont universe, if you like. Yeah, um, yeah. So if we keep them as, as three separate entities, but kind of one overarching arc, if story arc or something yeah. like that. Anyway. 
Um, but yeah, what I'm, what I couldn't remember this happening in the future, not right now. And, yeah, exactly. And, and it's going to get a little very bit important part as well. But um, yeah, my my point was more about what do we want to see next? Do we want to see what's actually happened to Twenty One? Or do you want to see the adventure of the of them on their trail? Or do you want it as a bit of a mixture so they, they see clues and then with that clue we get a flashback to what's actually happened? Or do we want that flashback to happen in one hit or, you know, one saga hit or another three-part and then the adventure to happen? I think, I think it's going to be you, Dan. No, I think if that's what's happened, I would like to see... Again, whether I am hoping for too much forethought, I don't know. Ramirthi, as you said, has, has backed at pinpointed moments from comics 20 years ago, so he clearly has got a long game in play. You've mentioned that. Hmm. I'd like to see the new stories that Egmont produce about 21, you know, move forward oh. in, in that direction, and then they catch up to each other, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I yeah. like that. So at yep. some point in, a f- in in the next year, perhaps, of Egmont 21 or stories... Or five years or whatever. Whatever. Um, he suddenly disappears for a year or, or, you know, says goodbye to everybody and then they make a point of saying it's a month later, it's two months later, it's been a while since he's been home. And then for the two stories to converge. Um, if you're yep. going to make... If, that's how I'd like to see the Egmont universe handle it. I think, yeah, I, I tend to agree that you kind of have to do that. Like, Egmont... They've made a stance to say sometime in the future the 21st Phantom goes missing and Kitten and Heloise. So when he goes missing, do we want to see what's happening? Yes, um, but I need to... I reckon we do need to see what's happening. Yes, I agree. But we need a, some sort of timeline so we know, well, this is month one where he's been away. Month, you know, you're not quite so obvious as that, but you get the idea that he's now been away from the jungle for a long time. He's doing this big battle with whatever is he's battling with. And I'd assume that um, this is where you want the um, the not happy ending. Well, I'm not saying to kill him, but he's obviously been away from what for a year, and this is like your Empire Strikes Back ending. You know, the bad guys are on top, and it's now time for the good guys to come back and, and rescue him. You know how you could wrap this up really I'm quickly? I'm not a Star Wars fan, How's so that? I, that all misses to me. But um, <laughs> Well, do yourself <laughs> Anyway, what's no, yours there? I haven't watched the Star way, Wars. I'll just get into it. The way that you could wrap this up really quickly is it turns out that this whole thing has happened while he was John X and uh, the unknown... Well, there <laughs> we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. Dan trying to merge the two universes together. Um, <laughs> I think... Um, <laughs> I, I, I like the idea of kids were young. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of um, when um, with what Dan said about how the current twenty first Egmont stories catch up to the Empty Throne. Um, I think the Empty Throne saga universe or the future universe. I think that was the word that you used, uh, yeah. Stephen. I think that's going to have a mixture of both. Like we got like a lot of TV shows have. Um, uh, like they have like the overarching story which we've discussed, and then they've got like the adventures on the way. So I think we're going to see a bit of that. We're going to, the adventures are going to lead to the over overarching story, which is what has happened to the twenty first Phantom. A bit like Phantom twenty forty. I don't know if you guys remember that, where you know the Phantom has to become the Phantom, and he has adventures trying to establish himself. You know. 
And then there's the overarching story of what's happened to his dad, what's happened to the the spill with the um with the toxic waste and all that type of stuff. So I think I think we're going to see both. Mm. I'd be I'd be happy if the Eggman universe didn't catch up with Future Universe because um I like I see Eggman you that this is this is current like if it was a story from the eighties that was current in the eighties story then. You know, today it's current today. You know, in two years' time, when we're reading a story that's still a current today story, whereas this one it always says in the future. Yeah, some years into the future. And some I years think... into the future. So this is always happening. Some, no matter when you read that story, it is happening some years in the future. So I don't see the we'll say current universe joining up with future universe. See, so, yeah, and I. I don't know. I am on the record of, of saying that I do think that we need to move towards the 22nd fandom, and I'd, I'd like to see that done officially. I think we've covered this. Um, it was a shame, in a sense, that the 21st fandom didn't die in the curse of Old Man Moz, because then that would have meant the move to 22. And I know that's controversial, but but for a forecast to say, but as someone who I think. I see a real problem it's just with controversial this. for anyone to say it. Yeah, yeah, and I know I've I've mentioned this so many times about the stretching of 21's timeline, and and he's at 80 years, he's got to be 120 years old now, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> it, it's got to snap at some point, and um, for us forevermore to be you know, current fandom is 21, and some a few years in the future is 22. Um, I think that's a bit of a cop out. I think you either do it or you don't. Um, and the beauty about the Phantom, which we've discussed before, over every other character who's got the same issues like Superman, Captain America, and all these other guys, is that there's the legacy built into the character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which so, is less you know, cursed in this case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Because, if it hasn't actually been used. Yeah. yeah. So, and Dan, you've already touched upon it, so... Um, so you, you agreed, Stephen? Do you? What, what about you? Do you think that the newspapers should have bit the bullet? No, no, I'm happy with 21. Okay, and so and you're happy with the 22nd in the future universe yep. of Egmont? Oh, in, in the newspaper, you say this happens in the future. Currently, our current phantom is 21. So, would you like to see the 21 forever? Oh, only until I die, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to have fought in World Wars 1, 2, and 3 by that stage. Yeah, because he's always right. the current founder. What's currently happening? And even, and even Armageddon as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, um, is there anything else? Uh, we've got a couple of things that we want to discuss, but they're more lighter. Is there anything um, more heavy that you wanted to discuss before we go on to the nice... Uh, lighter, lighter stuff that we can probably all agree on. Oh, just, well, just a couple. That, of... Do you think the pace bowlers getting tired? Sorry. Sorry, I was just going back to our cricket reference earlier. No. You get, um... you're getting tired of. <laughs> yeah, like, a bit like um, a bit like Sean Tate can only do one or two overs at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to make one observation. Uh, for whatever reason, Ramethi has called it Morristown. Not Maui Tan, and I thought that um, 
we'd moved to Mowitan a while ago. Morristown was the original name. Oh, actually, Frasertown, ironically, was the very first name for the uh, capital of Bengali. <laughs> That's what you in. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, then it became Morristown, but then Mowitan for, for 20 or 30 years. So I thought it was an interesting um, use of Morristown. Anyway. Um, Hasn't we, it always been Morristown in Egmont? Oh, in Egmont, has it? Well, that's why I don't recognise it. Um, well, maybe it has. So this raises a good point. Like, how 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 do you explain the the fact that the the town and Bengali or Bengala has been name change in so many times? Does it just come down to the the fact that we're talking about two universes, or would it be the fact that every time there's a change, a shift in power? They changed the name, which we do see in today's society. Yeah, maybe as well. that's never been explained, uh, like you have just then. I think it, that would be a nice out um, if they wanted to go back mm. and retrofit that. Um, I have to come up with all these nice outs if I believe that they're all the one universe. Remember? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're living in a in an Orwellian future. <laughs> <That would be. laughs> um, no, look, I, I guess similarly, um, because my line, the line that I've drawn, is at the newspaper strips is that if there is a discrepancy in the newspaper strip, then I just cogitatively deal with that, I suppose. Um, in the same way, and, and in the same way that there's that sort of an error, if you like, um, or, or discrepancy within this three-parter. Um, in the first, in part one, the refugee tribe is called the Bawant, B-A-W-A-N-T, but in parts two and three, they are the Bawante, is it B-A-W-A-N-T-E. <laughs> So, you know, mistakes happen, and I think... Um, is that a... That's another focus, that a, I think. That, well, no, that, could, that be a, could that be a free... A, deli- um, a deliberate reference to Fork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if no, it is, I it's reckon, very clever. <laughs> I reckon it is just a... Um, and I'm going to say it without any, any knowledge or anything like that at all, but I reckon that would just be a Fork... Uh, Trends like a fork error. I mean, not a fork error, a through error. Fork, fork, how's fork yeah. making there? Yeah, fork making say, error so it's not, an, it's not a tribute uh, to fork. Um, nah, in, in, it it's more of a, a translation error. issue. Yeah, that's yeah. what I reckon it would be. Well, it anyway, just it continues. It, it, it can, it's an interesting... Li- yeah, the, the big thing that I wanted to, uh, to bring up, actually, was we haven't talked about the art at all, um, really. Yeah. And I thought well, that's there was, the fluffy stuff. I think we can all agree that it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Well, I, oh no, art quality is there. Um, no, it is, for, and and I think that they were very clever, the the editors at Egmont, um, in their choice of artists. So, for instance, Paul Ryan, being the artist of Part One, um, this would I think is his last story for Egmont, his last new creation for yes. story. Yep. So I don't know if the arrangement was originally for him to do all three parts, and then with his unfortunate uh, passing, it was, it was. They were all to do the three separate before the death. Yeah, okay. So I think that they've Does done that. Does something be done quicker? I think so. Okay. Well, I think it's a, it's a clever way, and they've chosen cleverly which artists to do it as well, because yes. part one, by getting the guy who's on the newspaper strip, that helps mollify people like me who are looking for differences, and you're like, oh, well, at least <laughs> this looks like the Phantom. It's, it's the same... It's, that looks like Garan. That's how, especially with Kitten Heloise, that's how they look. Um, as they, you know, he's he's aged them a few years from what he's been doing in the newspaper strips. So I thought that was a very clever choice. Saviuk is a is a stepping stone as a, as um, a familiar 
artist, um, but a bit more modern, to then Ruiz and Martinez in the in the third part, who draw a very modern Phantom. And so for us, even through the artists, to take us through that journey of coming into the future, I thought was really clever. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was an excellent point you make there, Dan. Um, I can tell you that they, when they do get scripts and stuff like that, obviously they have um, a team of artists, and a lot depends on availability and stuff. But with the covers, which um, we have heard through the um, interviews that we've done, but like they do kind of like look at the, the the story and try and match up whose art would suit the story as good, which I think, you know, I think everyone will kind of do that. But, um, yeah, so that has been that has been done. So are you happy with the art? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Very much I, so. I, I thought that um, Ryan in the first um, part probably started it, but I think the, the mirroring or the twinning of panels um, was really cleverly done. Um, in the first part on page 12 and 13 and again on page 15, you've got the, the, the panels mirroring each other and you've got the two, two sides of the coin right next to each other. And um, yeah. that happens again um, in part three when the two of them are both getting choked in the, at the same yeah. moment. Um, and and yeah. that's, that's part art, but it's also part script writing. And this is what I was talking about, about Rumethi being very clever. Um, part three is really well written with the two, mm. two fights. They're two separate battles, both you know, being very close mirror images of each other. And the way that we flipped from scene to scene, it's almost like there's one fandom fighting both battles and, you, and they're both going through very yeah. similar experiences as they go. So that was, that was yeah. really well done. Yep. And it wasn't well. It wasn't too jarring either. No, no, like, it just flowed like one fight. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but it was like, but you didn't get confused thinking, oh, it's the one fight. Like it was clearly the two fights. Yes. Yeah. But um, it was like very clearly done. Okay. I thought it yep. was very, very good. Yep, and it, and it really um, raised the tension of that final p- chapter by. Yeah. Um, by having to go back and forth so quickly and all the rest of it. So, mm. Did you notice that the panels were quite small as well? well? I can't say I felt that the panels were small. No? There was a lot of... I don't know, I just felt, especially on page three of part three, you know, it was like there was so much going on. It was like whether it was just coincidence, but it almost felt like some of the panels were designed to be a bit smaller just to try and fit it all in yeah yeah well i suppose that's there is a lot of story here in in only 66 yeah. pages so um you can understand them needing to do that mm. the the artwork yeah I, I, I think i think i think i think we can all say that um it was it was well done i, I think the covers which we've discussed has been pretty good as well yeah. All righty So, now, guys... That's an understatement. Pretty good. They're awesome. Well, unlike you, Jamie Johnson hasn't uh, bribed me yet for um, uh, to be voted as the best cover for this year. So, until I get that bribe in the mail, um, I'm still impartial. <laughs> I, I like how you've gone with uh, the way that Jamie quoted you. Oh, that's pretty good, mate. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have pretty to say pretty good now after that, <laughs> and to get my vote for the best cover as well. 
I think you, what Stephen, you got to come to uh, Supernova to uh, get your bribe. It's not a bribe. It's, like, it's a reward. <laughs> it's a it's a thank you for voting for for voting him best cover for 2016. I only found out about that just the other day. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure the Carlton Football Club said as well. It's not it's not a payment. Um, you know, for the salary cap. It's just a thank you for playing for us. <laughs> Did, right. hey, did so you guys did you... notice um, the in part one? I thought they did it very clever, and I don't know whether it was this as artist or author who's decided to do this. Um, that they the two of them fight similarly um, in in the crunch moment where well, crunch being the operative word. Um, in part one, it's Eloise does it on page twenty, and Kit on page seven. They both go with the elbow to the nose as a um, <laughs> as a as a method of fighting. So I don't know if that's something that they've instinctively been trained to do. Well, they had the same teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. They both, so. both kicked the bad guys in the pills. Well, <laughs> when, you're, when you're fighting for your life, yes. I'm sure you just do whatever. <laughs> he put, he, they put the club down. <laughs> has, the, has the 21st Phantom ever kicked someone in the pills? don't think that'd be a forkism. No, it wouldn't be a fork. <laughs> I don't remember it. So, now, did you guys enjoy the Where's Wally moment on page 16 and 17? And this hasn't been raised on any social media pages that I've seen so far. I s- you know what? I, I did not notice it until you pointed it out to me just before. I, <laughs> I was too busy reading yeah, the story. Yeah. <laughs> I, I glanced through the party scene, and I, I saw a few of them, but I didn't stop and, and take the time to, I guess, individually go through and identify all of the characters that you have. I do seem to remember a post maybe by Thomas, um, one of the Scandinavian pages, when it first came out over there. I do seem to remember something about it. So, okay. Yeah. All right, so let's list a couple. So everyone who's got it and got their comic in front of you. Um, so we're talking about the Masquerade Ball? Masquerade Ball, part one, page 16. So we've got Count Dracula. We've got the Mummy. Who's the chick? It almost looks like... um. Uh, like the Vampirella, but she's got more clothes than Vampirella. <laughs> um, the Stormtrooper, Princess Leia, uh, Catwoman. Sorry, oh, that I recognised it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I recognise more the one on page seventeen. That's the more uh, famous one that you see every time at Supernova <laughs> and stuff. Um, Raggedy Ann and Andy. Um, I recognise them. I didn't know the name, so thanks to um, Dan for that one. Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, my kids are a little bit older. We've we've had Raggedy Ann and Andy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you got the Martian dude, but I don't know where that is. So my favourite uh, Martian. My favourite. Yeah. Uh, the next panel, you've got the what is it? The Wizard of Oz or the Wicked Maleficent or something like that. Oh, um, Snow Snow White. Yeah, Maybe. Snow White one. Yeah, then you've that almost looks like a uh, Tonto between the Phantom Maybe. and uh, you got Spider Man. Yes. Uh, next panel, you got I Dream of Genie, Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, next yep. panel, you've got an astronaut Could and I reckon it's Green Arrow because I think um, what's his? I think Paul Ryan actually did Green Arrow. Oh, okay. Because I know 
Oh, well, I know he was in the DC, so I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Um, you got the Lone Ranger. Uh, on page 17, you've got Harley Quinn, Spock, the Hulk, everyone's Princess Leia favourite outfit. Uh, Princess Leia is a slave girl. Um, you've got the astronaut again. You've got Superman, which um, yeah, you, you can kind of tell by the what's the little lock on his, on his face. Yep. And then it looks like we've got um, Captain America with his shield. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see that. They could be Prince Valiant. Yeah, it could be Prince Valiant. But it looks like it's got the stripes and all that, so I'm I'm going... Is there any Thor behind him, then? Thor behind him? I don't know. Where's Thor? Thor with the glowing... with the long hair and and another cape. You you can't see the beard. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I reckon that could be Thor. We'll say it is, anyway. Yeah, we'll say it is, because it... (laughs) <laughs> makes it look good so yeah so no, um, I, I must admit I like you I kind of whizzed over it but when I was reading it tonight paying a little bit more attention and trying to you know pick things I picked those so it was fun going through all and of that. course the girlfriend's Cleopatra Cleopatra yes hmm. now we don't oh, well, so, another thing that we don't see is we don't see her again so I wonder if that's got anything more to add, whether she's got anything more to add to the to the saga, or I think after your boyfriend has tried to rescue you, but in fact has actually got himself knocked out or run into a loaded weapon or nearly drowned um, three times in the rescue attempt, and you end up having to be saved by the water police, um, you know maybe <laughs> you're not going to go out with that boyfriend anymore. Yeah, we'll um, we'll make sure we remember that um, for our daughters as well. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did you think about I I wasn't I I know it's a plot device and I'm okay enough with it but um, I just thought that uh, it was a bit odd that they both decided that the Phantom outfit was just a cool little costume that they could wear to a masquerade ball and neither of them seemed to give it much more in fact I think Kit might even say he he thinks the costume always looks cool um, yeah the Phantom costume is so cool so um, yeah I don't know I guess that was just another bit of immaturity from them. Yeah, other kids. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really. To me, it didn't really. Um, I don't know. I didn't really think that much about it. We see it with Kid Phantom, um, where he dresses up as the Phantom. Um, yeah, but he's not doing that just to be cool. It's when he goes on an adventure. He's not doing that for a party. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. Um, I don't really. I I see it. They're not taking the uniform seriously, is your, is your point you're making? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's... Do, so do you guys see it that they're not taking the uniform serious? Well, given that they know at this stage, even though they haven't... Oh, well, Dad's been missing for four months at this stage. You would think that that's, mm. you know, poignant enough for them not to put it on flippantly. True, because it's it's been a year, so... Um, what is it, a, a year well, to that day, I think it is? It's a year yeah, that they're year called back, and, and the, the flashback is eight months ago. Eight months. Yeah. It's interesting that, I must admit, it, it's interesting because you, you raise a good point, that's a different point, is the fact that so the fans been missing for four months and they're still playing house at university. Mm. 
I mean, um, if your dad's the Phantom, he's going to go missing for periods of time at different stages. But to be completely out of communication, you would think that that's uh, an unusual period of time. And we don't actually get to see any... Like, they, they don't mention, no. oh, you know, anything about Dad either. No. Actually, I've just found another Where's Wally moment. <laughs> um, on page 14, the boxing coach. That's Pete Clowes. Ah, oh, there you go, this too. Look what he tells me every time he's in a fan comment. You might have missed that one. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, that raises a good point. Yeah, I didn't really think about that yet until then, that the Phantom's missing and they're not even really... And this is uh, this is the challenge of some, writing so, uh, such a complex thing as a future yeah. universe that fits into a past universe and then you have a flashback between the two and, um, you know... So this is where I, I hope that there's copious notes and wall charts about how this all works and the timing and that sort of thing so it all fits in together. Um, I understand if there's not, but it would be lovely to think that there might be. I think there will be because plus his, his well, as far as I'm aware, his full-time job is writing fan stories. You know, he well, writes he certainly a puts lot. out enough, so you would think that he, yeah... Um, he's been at it for what since the 80s so what's that that's almost 30 years now yeah you know probably been at it 30 years um, so you know it's I would assume and most of his stories before have been fairly tight in that sense so I reckon there's a huge you know whiteboard with the flow chart and then, you know, uh, and stuff like that. So I reckon we could be fairly safe to say that. So what, what, where do you kind of, uh, we've sort of touched upon it, but we're kind of winding up. So where do you think, where would you like this to go? And what do you think we might see? Well, I've already put forward a couple of ideas, so. Hmm. But um, obviously it's going to go on to the adventure of trying to find uh, 21, but um, yeah, the way it, it does it is up to the Ramurthy, I guess, but um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I just don't want to see them, I don't want to see them stuff it up. Like, this has been a, a good, a, a really good trilogy. It's been very good to read, exciting to read, adventurous, all that sort of stuff. Don't stuff up the next saga. So you're, you're talking about the writer and not Kit and Helloway's stuffing it up. <laughs> yes, I'm talking about the right yeah. to getting the story right. Yeah, yeah. Look, to be honest, if they didn't write a next part, if there if there was no second instalment of this universe, I'd be okay with that as well because I think this yeah. does work as a standalone story. And if you never find out where the Phantom has been for that twenty for that year, or um, you know, it's fine. This works as a standalone story, and I think that's part of what we were arguing about before about leaving it on a cliffhanger. Um, so if they don't get back to it then that's fine if they do get back to it then that'll be interesting because as I said I like the idea of learning about how these two young people um, come into the role how they learn how to work the role together um, you know where how Garan yeah. helps them with that um, all the rest of it I think there's a lot of um, a lot of good character development to mine in this story um, my yeah. concern is how it fits into the, the bigger picture I suppose yeah. So this, you know, they like like I said before, you know, this is not 
a standalone. There is going to be new parts mm. to it. Um, so I, I think that might be why we kind of argued a little bit more because, you know, um, you know, I, it was, for me, this has never been just the one story. There's no, continuing on. You've been gagging so for, maybe, for yeah. 12 months since you first heard about it and then I'm sure salivated all over the, the Scandinavian comics when you got them and just couldn't wait to actually read the words uh, when, they've, when the fruit came out. So I, you've been looking forward to this for a long, long time. And um, is, well, so I guess to turn the question back on you, where do you, want, where do you want this to go? Do you want Egmont to pull the trigger, call, tell us how the year has unfolded, kill 21, and then just holus bolus move into 22nd Phantom Stories? It's a good question. Um, I actually like Stephen's idea where this, where it, you have the current 21st Phantom leads up to the years in the future. And we're in the comic world, so the years in the future could be 20 years from now. Um, and then it, we see it catched up to where we are now in the future 22nd Egmont universe. This is getting really confusing, having all these multiple universes. Yeah, um, that was idea that wasn't just saying. It's kind of my point. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, um, you know, so I, I think you could, you could ease, I, I would like to see that where, for the time being, we have the two, and I don't think it's, you know, and I'm using the terminology that most people are familiar with and you guys agree and stuff like that, where we see the two Egmont universes in a sense. We see the 21st and the 22nd. So let's just say Egmont does 15 to 17 new stories a year. Three to five of those could be about the 22nd and then the rest could be about the 21st or with the other stories for past and stuff like that. Um, whether... Egmont does enough stories to be able to do that um, because I don't think we can do three stories every two years. I think that's a little bit too much gap between the drinks. Um, yeah. Because, you know, if Egmont's probably not going to – they won't see it this year. Um, they'll see it next year. And part three was – I think when was part three – was issue one and two at the start of this year. No, two and three at the start of this year. So Egmont's not going to see the next part for at least a year as well. So that's a long time between drinks. And I think if Egmont are going to go ahead with it, which, like I said, they are, I think there needs to be uh, less time between um, drinks. Mm. But I like it. It's a great, uh, It's a great start to whatever this is going to be, whether it's just a standalone, a saga, one overarching story, or however you want to look at it, um, I think it's I think it's a great start. Alrighty-o. So before we go, anything you want to quickly jump in and add before we sign out? No, uh, Just, I, I would say... Um, folks, please don't worry. We will cover Heart of Darkness Chapter Three, Part Five, Heart of Darkness Chapter Three, Part Six, and of course, Phantom by Gaslight Episode Three. But we probably should save those for comics and news, um, even though they were tucked away in the back of 
each of these issues. Um, they do deserve to be talked about, and we haven't talked about them at all. Uh, we will come back to them. Fair enough? Yes, Fair totally enough. agree. We just wanted to, as you can tell, we've been talking, what, uh, an hour 40 or an hour and a, you know, over an hour and a half, coming up to two hours just on this. <laughs> and we didn't want to put it in our news and reviews because we wanted to give this a good threshing out. And as you can tell... Um, we did give it a good thrashing, including so, trying to thrash each other as well. Back to my... Oh, yeah, and we should say we <laughs> still are friends That was fun part. That has been well. for a while. Yeah. We should say we still are friends, so there will be a <laughs> podcast after this. This is not the last podcast. <laughs> That's right. So can we finish by trying to answer the question I posed right at the very beginning? Do you think that, you know, years from now, this story trilogy, or the, the three of these, are they going to be known as the 22nd Phantom? Or is this the Empty Throne Saga because that was the title of part one? Well, the main title here says the 22nd Phantom. Hmm. Well, it's, it's actually, that's the free thing. It's actually the Empty Throne. It's is called it? the Empty Throne so Saga. So the Man yeah. in the Shadows sure is not is. a title that, that's on well, the front? The Empty Throne is kind of like the, the overarching... And this is where I was getting back to before. So... Each part is called it, but you know, from what I understand, is that the empty it's called the Empty Throne Saga, from what I understand. Um, but that doesn't answer your question, Dan, and I'm not sure I actually understand your question. So, oh, just that Steve, can you go first or? <laughs> or he did. Just as a three-parter, it's called the 22nd Phantom Part One, 22nd Phantom Part Two, 22nd Phantom Part Three, and then we have those three subtitles. Empty Throne, Baptism of Fire, Fire, Man in the Shadows. Um, so what you're saying is, in its original production, in Egg, in in Egg. No, sorry, I'm wrong. It is the Twenty Second Phantom Part One, Part Two, and Part Three. I just knew it was the Empty Throne, so right, I'm wrong. Okay. Well, oh geez, I hope the recording's working right now. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Jermaine just said he was wrong. I'm just thinking, it's like the scene from Happy Days when the Fon says he's wrong. It's like, oh, 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 oh. happens you can't get it out. <laughs> I, I did not hesitate in saying I was wrong. No, I, I, I know you did. Stuff like that. Yeah. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I'm still going to send that MP3 to Abby. I'm sure she'll love it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, what's actually interesting is, also, and then we've got to get answer your question, Dan, and then we've actually got to sign out, is Ari, um, I had these lying around trying to read them, and Ari actually uh, picked them up and read them because she's um, uh, been a bit unwell lately, but that's another story. And um, she was actually wanting to know where part four was so she can figure out what happened to the 21st Phantom. Uh. And... Um, <laughs> She was getting a little bit worried, and then when I said, "Oh, you will probably see it another year or so," and she was like, "No, that can't happen. That can't happen. I need to know now what happened to the Twenty Second <laughs> Phantom." And then when I was telling her about how I would have liked to seen the end of Part Three, and she goes, "No, I want to know what have happened. I don't think I can handle the cliffhanger of of, of knowing that the Twenty First Phantom and the Twenty Second Phantoms might be getting killed <laughs> as well." So, well, especially if know. it is that period of time. Yeah. So. You know, maybe maybe I can handle suspense a little bit better, or maybe it's the fact that I'll probably see it in an Egmont stories, so I won't have to wait as long. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> so, can you? So, your question, Dan, I haven't answered your question. 
No, I think you did. You, you, you yeah, agreed. You did. To, it's called the Twenty Second Phantom as a story, uh, okay. as, as a as a three parter. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think we're going to see the Twenty Second Phantom as Kit Heloise or both? It's leading it's towards both. both. Yeah. Which which I like think the is idea good. Of both? Yep. What what I don't uh, what I think shouldn't have and this is a, I guess a a fork trope. I don't know. Um, Heloise is very quick to give up. Oh no, I'm his sister. I would have liked. This is an old jungle saying. Phantom appears in many forms. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm with you yeah, on that one. I thought she, she said that, but, but then again, she's nervous and what the heck do you say? Yeah, yeah. agreed. And but, the manga um, does know the Phantom very well. Um, but mm. you know, she could have. It, it was That's the very point. first panel. You know, she could have yeah. backed it out for a panel. <laughs> Yeah, could, yeah, I agree with you on that. They could have just done that one a little bit better. But, you know, yeah. found text in many forms or many shapes. Yeah. Because yeah. mm. that has been um, uh, in the Egmont Julie story. Yeah. Um, uh, and a couple of others as well. It says, you know, oh, no, I've taken shape as a female or, 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 or whatever. Lee Fork yeah. had um, Phantom as a wolf when yeah. he, yes. the devil was riding hero. So. Uh, which was Wilson McCoy's last story. Um, so, what are your like predictions? Do you what like? Do you have any wild predictions that you reckon we may see? Uh, in terms of where twenty one is. Oh, where twenty one is, what we're going to what we're going to see. I just oh. hope he hasn't like lost his memory or something like that. I hope he's oh, actually no. like in some sort of real danger and he's been held captive. <laughs> he's he could. Just as easily be somewhere in um, the Highland, in under captivity of a Highland prince. He's turning a uh, a water wheel, wearing his chain down mm. one link at a time somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the options are endless with. Um, well, of course they uh, are. The twenty first. I, I just I, I tend that... to I tend to agree with Dan though that a, a simple you know um, lost in memory and as a beachcomber or, or, or something like that. I think that's a bit weak. And I must admit, I didn't really enjoy the Johnny X story in the newspapers. So um, I hope we don't get something like that again. Yeah. Now, as long as Ramirez continues to work really hard, as he has here, and I've acknowledged all along, at trying to fit this into the two, into the two universes, he, he, he has drawn on past stories... He's made lots of references to Lee Fork legends and these sorts of things. So as long as he continues to do that, then this will continue to work. Yep. No worries. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for the fun, uh, Dan and Steve. Um, and I won't kick you off the podcast, even though you didn't agree with me. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. Not that, I, not that I have the power to do that anyway, but... Um, <laughs> Um, so thank you everyone for listening I hope you enjoyed that um, I hope you enjoyed the, the arguing and the uh, disagreeing um, and then also the agreeing and stuff like that it was a, a good fun episode a good solid two hours talking about three comics um, which but you should be used to that by now let's yeah. be realistic I think yeah um, now, people who are avid listeners of the podcast have embraced the length that it takes now and uh you know they love it, <laughs> well, they, it. i haven't i'm still i'm still let's get this done 90 minutes back 
It's nearly midnight over here. I want to. Ah, the time to zones. Be fair, <laughs> to be fair, you were half an hour late. Yeah, I know that was my fault. <laughs> that didn't help. <laughs> and you did push the episode back an extra hour as well. You know, you already wanted that. That was a. T- that was no, 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 I said I said seven thirty, eight thirty, and you're. You know, I even said 60. I said, bring it on earlier, and you used to keep pushing it back. So, I only got yourself to blame, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening to us. I hope you had fun. Um, If you disagree or agree with one of us, please let your feelings be known via social media. And as normal, we are on Facebook, LinkedIn. No, not LinkedIn. Um, all the other type of stuff as well. Um, you can find us on uh, chroniclechamber.com where we post every single phantom new news and events and stuff, which sometimes can be quite busy. So I hope you enjoy learning about the phantom from around the world. Uh, don't forget, you've got Patreon. Um, I am led to believe that our Patreon special unveiling will be very very soon uh joe hint hint nudge nudge um i love the joe's been working very tirelessly on that he's i love the fact he goes oh yeah i haven't been doing it because i've been working and so what do you think the rest of us do (laughs) um but never well you said you hadn't been working all week (laughs) (laughs) no i've been working it's just been quite um and then of course you can subscribe to us on itunes and on your android device so you can get all of these uh podcasts up straight away so you can listen to us and you don't have to listen to the radio on the way to work or at work so from myself uh thank you and from dan and Stephen, thank you and happy family Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks. The Phantom, enemies beware. The Phantom's always there, but you won't find the Phantom. He finds you. No, sorry. I'm wrong. <laughs>